good morning. Good to be with you. Good to have this opportunity of worship and togetherness. If you're a guest of ours this morning, welcome to the Heritage Church of Christ. I hope thus far your morning has been filled with blessing, and I'm grateful uh, to have you uh, a part of our church, our community this morning. If I have not had the chance to say hello to you this morning, I look forward to doing that immediately following our time of worship uh, this morning. My name's Travis Akins. I'm the minister here at the Heritage Church. And uh, immediately following our worship, uh, we will have a, a time of fellowship, a, a no agenda time where there's coffee and donuts, juice available, uh, opportunity for us to say hello to one another, spend a few moments without us uh, dealing with chair, with JV, or setting up Bible classes, a few moments of just being together together. And right around 11 o'clock, we'll have Bible classes for all ages. I hope you'll stick around for those. Around for those we have times of study. And if you are a guest of ours uh, this morning, uh, we are offering our hello guest class. Our hello class, our hello, an opportunity for guests to now get, learn more about heritage, uh, learn uh, how we got here, where we come from, our history, and where we're going. It's a great opportunity to get to know some of our elders and some other members here at Heritage. Ask all kinds of questions because I know. I know, my guest, um, uh, you're, on a, you're on a journey. You are looking for a church home, whether you move to the area or for other circumstances. And the heritage may not be the place that you end up, but I pray the heritage is a place where you can, uh, you can uh, find opportunity to discern your process and journey and journey and finding a church home. We believe uh, wholeheartedly and, and, uh, and everyone being a part of communities and being connected to communities where they can serve and to minister. So this morning, um, a couple of our elders, uh, uh, elders and their wives will be hosting our Hello Guest class right outside here in the main hallway um, because we rent this place. Uh, there's only so much space that we have available to us, so we use the hallway right outside here. You'll see some tables. So if you're a guest of ours, I hope you will take advantage of that. Next Sunday... Next Sunday is a big Sunday in the life of the Heritage Church of Christ. Next Sunday, we officially break ground on our first church home at 4900 North Broadway. And we're going to do that. We're going all out for this one. We're going to have opportunity to celebrate in many different ways. We've got food trucks. We've got uh, bounce houses. We've got yard games. We're going to have opportunity right around 6 o'clock next week. Uh, 6 p.m. At the, at the property for our ceremony of officially breaking ground on our first church home. And I'll give more details about that, but we'll have, we'll have opportunity here at Heritage, every family here at Heritage, to take the first dig into the ground as we prepare for the trucks to actually show up here within just a few short weeks to start, uh, start the process of building our first church home couple of things, and I'll remind this. I've sent some stuff out at the end of the week. I'll continue to do that. Uh, but, but if you want to be a part of that ceremonial first dig, uh, you need to bring a shovel for your family next week, okay? So bring a shovel if you want to be a part of that. We will have uh, some small mason jars available next week at the ground, at the ground ceremony. ceremony. What we're going to do is we're going to ask everyone at Heritage, every family at Heritage, to take a small piece of, all piece of with them after next Sunday. And what we want you to do is we want you to take that small piece of land that you dug up as, a, as, a, as an indication that we are turning the page, we are heading into the future, 
and we're going to ask everyone at Heritage to, to go put that somewhere in their house, that small piece of land, and pray not only for what is taking place over at 4900 Broadway, but, with, but, the ministry, but the service that will take place at 4900 North Broadway. We want to spend the next year. Our building process is going to take anywhere from take 18 months once we get the trucks going. And we're asking this church to pray for you at 4900 North Broadway. And we think that'll be a neat way, a neat way to do that in a practical, effective way. So next Sunday, groundbreaking ceremony. Our morning uh, will function as every Sunday morning typically does around here. But to next Sunday evening, Sunday evening, we'll go ahead and add this. Um, um, pray. Let's pray. Weather stays away. Okay? Because without fail, we plan something outside to have rain in the forecast. But next Sunday, we're going to be prayerful people. We're going to plan for a celebration. We have invitations out. All of our neighbors in Twin Bridges Village has, come, is, has been invited. We've invited city officials. We're inviting uh, former members of the Heritage Church. Uh, wherever they may be living, we're inviting everyone to come back and to celebrate with us as we begin this exciting next chapter of our church family. And before we get into this morning's uh, message, I want to pause. I want to pray for next Sunday. I want to pray for the future of this church. I want to pray for the process that continues to unfold before us as we head into this exciting next phase but actually, getting, actually um, getting our building under construction. Can we stop and pray here in this place, in this place this morning? God's morning to you. For how you have guided the last four plus years, you have positioned this young church to dream and to vision what ministry and service to North Edmond could look like from the very beginning. God, you have put on this young church from the very beginning the vision, the dream of having a church home, a place that we could anchor ourselves in service and ministry and in community. We are on the doorstep of beginning the actual physical process of building that church home, and we praise you for that. God, next Sunday, we, we, uh, we, take, a, we take a huge leap forward in our process. Father, we break ground and we look towards and we begin to, to be very specific in our prayers towards the future of this church community. And God, we pray that you would continue, as you have the last four plus years, that you would continue to guide, that you would continue to lead, that God, you would continue to nudge us at times into the direction and the places and to the ministries and all the things that we prepare for in the future along the way over the next 12 to 18 months. Bless this church. Not, not to our benefit, but to the benefit of your kingdom, to the glory of your son. God, may this church continue to always keep Jesus at the very center of its circle. God, bless this community. Continue to establish the works and the ministry, the energy and the focus of the heritage community. God, thank you for being the God who has guided us. And thank you for being the God who is already in the future awaiting us. God, bless this church. Bless your son through the works and service and the focus and the community that is here at Heritage. God, thank you for being the God who has called us into this place. It's in your son's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5 and a little bit of John chapter 15 
this morning. You'll find the scriptures and text on the screen here. This morning you'll find them in the online bulletin, online bulletin version Bible app, if that's something, uh, an app that you enjoy using. More and then uh, more on the bottom right, Events Heritage Church of Christ will be there as well. We continue into a message series called Circles where we're looking at uh, the shape of church. Um, this last week, and this happens quite often in, in my house, I have, I have some artists in, in my children, and I'm really not sure where they get that ability, but it always amazes me when an offspring of mine can draw or paint anything of, of, of beauty, because I can't do those kinds of things. In fact, just this last week, just a few days ago, Lucy, my second daughter, comes to me, and she has, me and she has, she has this beautiful uh, sunset, this cloudy sunset, and I was just... I was honestly taken back by how she was able to come up to something really out of nothing on a sheet of a sheet of paper, and, and kind of jealous that she has that that ability and determination to do something like that when I do not have that ability nor the determination to come up with something like that. And I started thinking about this at how how many of you are artistic in our nature. You're you're able to take nothing and turn it into something. And what kind of determination and intentionality that must take to create something out of nothing. Church is very similar. The church community is something that requires intentionality and determination. And it requires God's people to have a focus on where they are and who they are to be as a church. The best things very rarely ever come all by itself. They require intentionality and determination and focus. I'll tell my kids this quite often, that the things that are worthwhile in your life are not just going to fall into your lap. You're going to have to work at them. And church, it can be defined this way, can it? The church community that is worthwhile being a part of, that is worth investing your time, your energy, and your finances in, is a church that requires you to get intentional, intentional focus and determination. Community requires, God has established his church full of people that don't just get the benefits of being together, they work towards it. And community doesn't simply happen, doesn't fall in our laps, it's built, not just physically at walls, a catty corner to a school. Church is built. It's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. It's built on the foundation of people who come together with determined focus that Jesus is going to inspire, influence, and guide everything that we do as individuals and as community. That's why I want to start in Luke chapter 5 this morning. And, and I, I want to make this connection before we read Luke chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. Because at the very beginning of all four Gospels, Jesus is an adult man going into ministry. He has purpose, he has determination, he has focus for what the next few years of his life are going to look like. And Jesus does something with that focus and determination. He has he has reality of how this ministry is going to come together and unfold. He has the ability to say nothing on the page 
and see that there is something worthwhile drawing or painting here. here. And he does something that we have to pay attention to because if we're going to be a community that is focused on Jesus Christ, built on the foundation of him, we must take a page from Jesus' ministry playbook. Luke chapter 5, picking up in verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing at the lake of Gennesaret, or the lake of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonged one to Simon, and asked him to put out a little bit from shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat, verse 4. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out in the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard, worked hard, all caught and haven't caught. But because you say so, I will let down the net. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. So were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Now, there are lots of layers to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. But I want to pay attention to what Jesus is ultimately beginning here at the start of his ministry. Jesus is calling people into a shape. And the shape is a circle. I said, uh, I said this a little bit last week, and I, and I want to focus in on it a little bit here. Jesus, I think, could have accomplished his ministry, his three-and-a-half-year ministry, without the 12 disciples. But that's not where Jesus wants to focus his ministry and abilities. Note Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Jesus already with a large crowd of people. He's got the large crowd thing down already. The large stuff is the easy stuff, and that applies to church in 2022. The law is the easy stuff. stuff. But where does Jesus, where does Jesus take direction of his ministry? He takes it to a circle. To a circle. He calls his first disciple. disciple. He's got four of them in this, in this first interaction alone. And what he's doing is, he's doing is, he's a learner. He's calling students into his, into his ministry. More than more than. Jesus is calling people into a relationship that can be best defined best as a circle. He started to call these men into a circle relationship. Now, this is, this is more of me just kind of thinking out loud a little bit. Now, I think Jesus could have accomplished his ministry without the 12 disciples, but I think that would have left a lot of questions about the first church and all those things. I get that. But Jesus, I think, needs this circle. And we don't think of Jesus in great need a lot. In fact, maybe in the 40 days where he fasts and he's tempted, 
there's a need for hunger and things, you know, for food because of his hunger and things like that. But, but I'm very curious, curious. This may be one of my questions when I get to heaven, when I get, is that did you need this circle? Because Jesus is a relationship-based human being. He's from God, he's of God, and he wants to be with God's people, and he wants friendship. We see that very quickly in his ministry life. Because three of the four first disciples that Jesus calls become his inner circle. They become his better friends, his best friends, his, 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 his more intimate relationship, James, John, and Peter. And we see that, that Jesus wants to be with people. And I'm wondering if Jesus needed a circle of relationship, if he was going to be able to fully fall out and accomplish the ministry and service to which he feels he's being called to, his path to the cross. Jesus calls his, calls his Jesus, Jesus a circle. He creates a circle from and, and, and the stories go on, because go see Matthew here, and, and you see Matthew here at the end of Luke chapter 5 as well, but Jesus calls people from various vocations and, and places of life. Fishermen, as we've seen. Tax collectors, as you see later in Luke chapter 5. Jesus calls political, calls polit, polit. He calls ordinary folks. He calls disciples of John the Baptist over. And what they all have in common is that they all come from different from different. And they're not theologically trained, trained leaders of their well-known people. And Jesus is intentional with this. He is calling the forgotten people of the society he's in. People from different regions of the world as well. He is intentionally gathering a circle of people that he can invest in. They can invest in him. And then not only that, but they can live life together over these next three and a half years. And the different walks of life, different backgrounds, people who aren't necessarily trained for what trained for what they're going. We have fishermen in the first story. They're trained to catch fish. But Jesus wants a relationship with them. He wants with them. friendship with them. He wants them a part of him a circle. And says Jesus begins to establish his circle. Circle. Mark chapter 3, chapter three, picking up in verse 13. See, Jesus went up on a mountainside. He called to him those he wanted, he wanted came to him. And let me stop there for just a second. Because second, verse 13, I think, is also another indica indication of like Luke chapter 5, for instance. Jesus has the crowd thing down. Here's another, here's another before Jesus in Mark chapter 3. People are already following Jesus. Large crowds of people. People are wanting healing and, and change in their life. They're wanting to listen to the teachings of Jesus. And the large crowd is before Jesus. And what does Jesus do within the large crowd? As Mark records it, he creates his circle. Verse 14, he appointed 12 that he might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the 12 he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave Simon, to whom he gave. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, to them he gave them, he gave Borinades, which means the sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. What is Jesus doing? He is taking what is long and big before him, and he is intentional 
about creating a circle. He's got the circle around him. He's got his, he's got his around him. You can go to that next slide. He's got 12 that create his circle. These are the ones that he's going to, he's going to walk with. He's going to teach them. He's going to be with them. But these are the ones that he's going to cry with, be anxious with. These are the 12 to which he's going to walk, uh, go from place to place with and worry about the people and the things that they're going to have to, they're going to come across. These are the 12 to which he's, 12 to which he's life with, camp out together with, with. This is the 12 that Jesus is choosing with intentionality to live his ministry life with. In a great respect what Jesus is doing, Jesus, he has the crowd already, crowd already, based for a large church, if you will, but Jesus is not starting with the large crowd. He's starting, start with a small group. He's starting with a circle. And Jesus was intentional with his circles. Jesus was intentional with his circles. These 12 would be the ones who learned from learn, but they would also be the ones who would encourage him. He would encourage them and teach them, but it would also go the other way around, I think, because Jesus is creating a circle where they can see one another, understand one another. It's creating a diverse circle that people can, can, can know one another because when they disagree about the things, it's not so much about the touch, about, it's about the person now because they know each other in their circle. And Jesus was intentional with his circles. He chose a small group to minister and live, teach, and build this kingdom with. Um, in the 20th century, there was a um, pro proficient uh, author named Henry Nouwen. Henry Nouwen. Henry Nouwen's one of my favorite authors to this day to read. In fact, he was he was such a prolific writer. A lot of his unpublished works are still continuing to be published to this very day. Henry Nouwen, uh, in the mid 20th century, was a leading spiritual writer and theologian, a Dutch professor. Uh, of his day, and at the and at, at, through the mid 20th century, he had authored more than 39 books, signed millions of copies, and was speaking all around the world. After his seminary and ordination, he began to study psychology. He spent 20 years growing in popularity and notoriety. Henry Nouwen was a prestigious scholar, author, writer. And professor at places like Notre Dame, Dame, Yale, Harvard, Harvard. He traveled the world, highly sought after. You probably read some of his works, but uh, some of his writings and, and books. In 1983, this incredibly well, incredibly respected theologian and author gave it all up. He quit Harvard Divinity School. He stopped being the one who traveled the world speaking. He gave all his prestige, if you will, up. And in 1983, he took up residence at La Arche, a community in France where people with differing intellectual disabilities live in community together as equals. That experience for him was profoundly meaningful and healing. And in fact, Henry Nouwen spent the rest of his life until his death in 1996 
with this community in France. And the reason I tell you this is because Henry Nouwen, in a lot of ways, had everything that you and I may achieve or seek after. He had the wealth. He had the notoriety. He had, uh, he had uh, the, 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 the accolades. And he gave it up. He gave up that circle, those circles, and he chose a, he chose a different community of circles. He chose to be with a community of people that were often, that were often ignored and excused out of society. And this highly intellectual, respected author and theologian gave up all, gave up all of that, all of that, because he was intentional with the circles going to be involved in, be a part of. Jesus was intentional with his circles. We have to be intentional with our intentional with circles. You, you must, must be intentional, focused, determined with the circles that you create or are a part of. And I think in a lot of ways, this means for us, at some level, we have to start paying attention to individuals to the circles that we are currently a part of. The circles that will influencing and speaking and breathing three lives. Henry Nouwen did that. Henry Nouwen said in many of his writings that he was fighting depression. He felt he felt. This great theologian who wrote these wonderful, wonderful relationship and connection to God, he felt lost. He didn't understand. And, and when he began to pay attention to the circles that he was influencing around, he decided that he had to be intentional with his circle and his chose a completely different kind of life because he chose a circle that would speak and build up into his life. That would hurt around Christ and the ministry of Jesus, taking care of the forgotten, being a part of the lives of the outcasts. Um, I, I had no intention of sharing this, but I'm going to. Uh, and uh, I'm going to share this because I think this... I think this will help illustrate the point because I'm very, I, I want you to know how serious I am about this idea that you and I must be intentional the circles that we are a, a part of. <clears throat> um, this past summer, last summer, <laughs> you don't hear, you're not going to hear this a lot. Hear this past summer, I entertained the idea of changing ministries. So when a church approached, I listened, we talked, and I tell you what, what stopped us from doing anything different was thinking about your faces. We became incredibly intentional about the circles that we want, that we want our family to be a part of. 
we believe not only in this community, but we believe in the core of what this community is. And so the idea of doing something different and going on, going on had some, uh, had some uh, you know, perks and things that were appealing, but when we started thinking about you, you, when we started thinking about changing that circle of relationships and intentionality up, it hurt us. It wasn't right. It felt wrong. And we want to be we want to incredibly intentional with the circle that is Heritage Church of Christ. We want relationship and friendship and community with this place. You must be, you must be intentional with your circles. It's important. It's important because Jesus is the center of those circles. That's why we turn to John chapter 15. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. If you remain in you, you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers, such and withers, such picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Discipleship is not just a matter of acknowledging who Jesus is. It's having, it's having at the very, very heart, the very sense of who you are and who we are. And community that seeks Jesus at the center is a circle worth fighting for, fighting for, and focused and determined to keep. keep. Because Jesus is using circle language in John chapter 15 all over the place. He says, I am the vine. I am the vine. And life comes out of me. All things, all circles, all life comes through and out of relationship through Jesus Christ. And that's what he begins to teach his disciples. All the way back in Mark chapter 3 and Luke chapter 5. He says, you're not just going to follow me. We're going to live together. Jesus starts to live out John chapter 15, vine and branch language. All the way at the beginning of his first callings of his disciples. Because it's circle language. And he's intentional about the people he wants to build this life around. Because the people that he people that he cheers around are gonna be people that speak life, that speak kingdom, kingdom, that speakness into him. And vice versa. And Jesus says, at the very heart of circle of community, it's me, Jesus says. I am. That vine and the branches come off of that. Life comes out of that, and the branches that come out of that are the life and the circles that are worth being intentional, determined, and focused for. I love this idea because uh, I had to narrow this down for time. But for time, there are so many circles in, in, in nature. God has created some beautiful and wonderful natural examples of the beauty in the life of circles. And here's one of them, just the one I chose for today. Have you ever thought, just in our solar system alone, we live in a giant circle? We're part of many circles, actually. 
And at the very center of the circle of our very own solar system is the is It's a concentric circle, right? Where the many circles share a piece of the same circle. And here, here, all the different all planets, different, eight or nine, depending on whatever year we're in, all, all share into the same center and core. And like many of you in school, you start to learn about these different planets. Just how vastly different are the planets in our own solar system? They're all incredibly different. Some with green, some with, some with multiple moons, some with temperatures that are, that are incredibly cold and some that are incredibly hot. The size of the planet is all different. Different many than our own solar system alone, and yet they all they all find themselves in a consent in a circle circle the sun. Man, this sounds like church. Where the circles of people that we connect with and build relationships with are all going to be vastly different. We ought to be different people. We ought to have different ideas on things. We ought to see life to see life because we've all come because we've all places different backgrounds and we ought to be more to be more our church. But but here's a place in a church we can be intentional, focused, and determined that at the very heart of everything we do there is the sun. That Jesus, that Jesus, the heart of all the circles that we that we establish here. Some of those circles they're quite. They're quarantined, connection groups, connection, heartfelt groups, men, Bible studies, heritage youth, heritage synapses. How about those natural, more organic circles that just happen over friendships, those games that Mark Ames uh, talked about? The coffee that you share, share, the lunches, the lunches, the dinners, dinners, the game nights. All of these circles at the very heart of everything we do and at the heart of who we are, heart of who we are, different. yes. But those differences cannot overcome the true centering piece of who we are as a community, the community of Jesus Christ. And the circles that you are a part of are going to speak into your life, your life. That you that choose to circle around are going to speak into your life. Church, church tends to be this large gathering. We see it that way. But I said that I said this last week, and I mean it again this week. Very small percentage of church happens right now. The great majority of community takes place in the circles that we are a part of. The people that we interact with and get to know and share life with. The families getting together, 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 a game of cards or whatever it may be. Community is built and it's lived in circles. And this is the community of circles I choose to be a part of. Because we care for one another and we understand that in all things, through all things, and through everything that we may talk about or, or seek after, Jesus is at the very heart of all things. Christ is the epicenter of who we are. We may be circling in those circle, uh, circling around the sun in those circles, and Jesus is there for us. This place isn't perfect, perfect or will be. 
Heritage is a flawed place because we are flawed people, sinful people. And we may mess up, I've messed up, we can expect to hold one another to those kinds of unrealistic expectations. Relationships are hard. Friendships can be difficult. Community and community is always, is always, it just is, just is, because we're messy, because we're messy. And yet, go all the way back to Luke 5 and Mark chapter 3. Jesus chose messy. He chose people. When I think it would have been a whole lot easier just to stick to the big crowds. Right? Find the mountainsides and just speak. But he chose messy. And this place is messy because we're messy. And none of us have, us all, have it all. Some of us find tension with tension. Or some of us... Are, are, are maybe in disagreement. Some of us may find disagreement in how we see things or, see, or view certain things, but we are all together in a circle so that at the epicenter, the epicenter of is a circle. That's the shape of this church. Because heritage is a circle, a circle, and at the very center of this place is, place is Christ. And all the mess, all the mess, Jesus is there. And all the disagreements, Jesus is there. Through all the hugs, Jesus is there. Through all the comforting and forgiveness and asking for forgiveness, Jesus is us is there. We are together together and we seek that God will always be at the epicenter of who we are. This place is a special place. Not because of me, because of me. Not because of you, but because Jesus. He is in all, he is through all, through all, at the very center, center of this heritage circle. Again, uh, I will offer a circle invitation. We are going to uh, get up, and we're going to. We're going to overthink it. We're just going to get up and we're going to make one big circle in this cafeteria. We're going to sing one more song in this place. Then Tom Snyder, one of our shepherds, one of our shepherds, is going to lose in prayer, closing prayer this morning and in our big circle. And the reason we're doing this, we did doing last week, last week, today, and we're going to do it again next week, is because we are a circle where Jesus is at the center. Together, we are equals. Together, we are in this. Together, as community, we seek to be his. If there's anything this church that this church can do for you, if there's anything, if there's anything I or one of our elder, one of our help in any way, in any come find me. I'm gonna I'll be here in a party here or part right here, but I'll also be around. Our elders will be around all morning. If there's anything we can do, but let's stand together and let's be a circle.